everybody and welcome to episode 94 of the podcast. This is your host Madeline Moon and I am so excited to tell you that we have returning guest Audra on today. Audra is the girl behind this girl Audra on Instagram and YouTube where she she has helped thousands of girls when it comes to diets, hormones, exercise, and finding a healthy balance with food. Certified in plant-based nutrition, her goal is to spread the news that hating your body, your exercise routine, and your restrictive diet isn't necessary, and there's more to life than food. Yes, ain't it the truth? She just released her Get Your Period Handbook, a 250-plus page ebook full of info on periods, hormones, exercise, and food, body image disorder eating, and 25 easy-to-make recipes to get your hormones going again. Yes, so I'm so excited. We just finished up this episode. It was great. We dove in deep into spirituality, uh, high school, diet camaraderie, how to get out of that, some steps that you can do if you're not really spiritual, but you're interested in this realm, you're interested in faith, in God, some awesome things that you can do to get started. And I'm just so glad that I had Audra on today because she was one of the speakers in my course, Scripture, Food, and Healing. And as you may know, that course is open. The doors are open to join that. We begin April 25th. It's a six-week course loaded with daily devotionals, prayers, self-care routines, um, lots of intensive exercises and assignments for you to do to heal your body image or disordered eating. There's accountability partners, resources that you can do and have to keep so many different awesome things in this course. I launched it last year. I had lots of women join. It was such a success and I'm so excited to to host it again. I'm so excited for this new batch of women to join this course and to experience it to the fullest. So if you're interested in scripture, if you're interested in healing your food disorder or your negative body image, this could be the exact thing you need. I had quite a few girls in the course last year that were not Christians, but were interested in what Christ has to say about healing body image and food eating issues and It was a great transformative experience for them. So that's my goal for everyone that joins. And as you may or may not know, the course is $100 off for the next few days until April 10th. That is when it goes back up to its original price of $397. So for right now, it's $297. So if you do want to join, you can join now at the early bird price and um, just pay that and you'll get all signed up. There's also a payment plan where you can pay two different installments. So you're more than welcome to do that if that is easier for you. But this is something that if you feel called to invest in, girlfriend, invest in it. You are worth that. You are worth investing in yourself and improving your relationship with food and God for good. If you think about all the money that you have spent and thrown towards changing your body and making your body smaller and obsessing over food and not following a real true path for you, Think about that. Think about all that money. This is probably way less than that and probably going to be way more impacting on your journey. So I would love to see you there. If you have any questions, just let me know. Before we head on over to this interview, here is the review of the week. This comes from Jess Lynn and she says, profound positive impact with five stars. I discovered this podcast and Maddie a few months back and started listening from the beginning. Maddie is brave enough to discuss her innermost secrets and irrational behaviors to help the people who experience the same demons. Her message and guests have had a profoundly positive impact on my life for their honesty and message of hope and balanced mindset to approach every day. 
I have been able to shift my focus away from having a perfect body and more towards a balanced me. I highly recommend this to anyone who struggles with body image, excessive exercising, fear of weight gain, and food and orthorexia. Thank you, Jessalyn. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to hear that this podcast has helped you and that it's made a profound, positive impact. Your review means the world to me. So thank you for sharing that with me. All right, ready to head on over to the show? I am. Let's go on over. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm here with Audra, who is famously known on the YouTubes and the Instagrams as this girl, Audra. And she is one of only a few people that I've had return on the podcast. And Audra, you were on not that long ago, so I'm really excited to have you back on, even if it's just like, what, like a couple months later. So yay, welcome. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me again. I can't wait to dive into everything we're going to talk about today. Yeah, this is going to be a really fun uh, podcast, something a little bit different. So for everyone listening, we're going to be focusing a little bit more on spirituality today and um, more specifically Christianity because my course is coming out, Scripture Food Healing. So I thought it'd be really helpful to have someone who not only um, went through the course, but also was a speaker in the course and who has a ton of personal experience in this realm. So even if you're not a Christian, if you're not a believer, if you're not spiritual, I still think this is going to be a great podcast episode for you to listen to just so you can get more insight from Audra because she knows all about the stuff she's been through. So many different things that I know many of you men and women can both relate to. So yeah, let's just dive on in here. Okay, so for the people that have not listened to the other episode with you, Audra, give us a little bit more detail on your background and story in regards to what you used to do in, in, in fitness and in health and how your uh, mentality and, and story has, has progressed in all these years. Yeah, sure. So just in a nutshell, basically, um, you know, I grew up never dieting, never worrying about food. Like it was just food is food, you know, there was no big deal. Um, all, a lot of my friends would diet or people in my family would be on a diet or something like that, but I never even needed to care about a diet. Like I didn't think anything about my body. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just me. Um, and then when I was in high school, I went on my very first diet. It was when the Atkins like low carb craze was really, really popular. And so me and a few of my friends were like, Hey, we've got spring break coming up. Let's, um, try to lose some weight and start working out more and let's go on this diet. 
And it's like, all right, let's do it. So we had like a few months before spring break and we were already very active. We were all playing like basketball and running track and doing stuff in high school. Um, and I started doing this diet and I noticed that I started losing weight. And it was the first time really ever in my life that I started to weigh myself and be more aware of what my weight was. Like I honestly, I never even thought about it. I didn't even care. I was so busy with everything else in high school to worry about that I didn't even think about this, but I started to see my body changing and the number on the scale was changing and people started saying things to me. And, um, it wasn't that I never, honestly, I never felt like before that I never felt bad about myself. I didn't have any, you know, problems at all. Um, it was just kind of this weird thing that me and my friends wanted to do. And, um, I think that just kind of like, was a huge like, whoa, I didn't know you could do this with your body and manipulate it in certain ways and mm -hmm. eat this food and it does that and do extra exercise. And it does, you know, it was just like a lot. Um, and at the same time, I had no idea that when I, I didn't know that like you stay on a diet, like I thought you just did a diet for like a few <laughs> weeks or something. And then like when you're done, you can go back to eating like pizza and cupcakes and stuff. Um, I, I thought you could literally like once you got to the weight that you wanted to be at your body would just stay there and then you could eat whatever um so we go on this like long diet or whatever and anyways long story short we end up breaking the diet on spring break and it was literally like a full-on binge on like pasta and ice cream and cookies and everything you can imagine um, and we basically told ourselves we were like hey you know what like when we get to spring break we're not gonna diet blah 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 and we definitely did not diet on spring break. And um, from that point forward, I started gaining more weight and I couldn't like control it. It was just like, what is going on? Why am I gaining all this weight? I, I was on this diet and I lost a bunch of weight. And um, you know, my hunger levels were all over the place. I couldn't get full, I couldn't get satisfied. I didn't know when I was hungry. I started seeing certain foods as bad because they were like higher in carbs or they had sugar or they had you know, fat or something in them. Um, and if it like wasn't protein or grilled chicken or green beans, then it was bad. And whereas before, you know, like literally three months before I was staying up eating ice cream with my friends, like till midnight, you know, like it was no big deal. So it was just that short little time that really changed it. And, um, so uh, over the next course of a few years, well, I'd say over the, at least one year for sure, I ended up slowly gaining a lot of weight, like over 65 pounds. Um, and it was like the biggest diet rebound in history. And, um, a lot of that was because I fell into this mentality of cheat meals and cheat days. And so I would diet all week or legit, like restrict all week, like restrict my calories. And then on the weekend it was a free for all. And I would just eat whatever was at my fingertips, literally. And if it wasn't at my fingertips, I would drive to make sure it was at my fingertips because it was a cheat day and cheat days are healthy and did, everybody does them. Did you learn about this whole cheat day thing through someone or some yeah, diet? Yeah. I learned about it through um, my local gym, actually. I ended up getting a trainer and um, we were we sat down and we did this like super generic like um, nutrition plan or something. And she was like, oh, here's all the proteins. Here's the good carbs. Here's the fats, blah, blah, blah. And one day a week, you get a cheat day. And I was like, what's a cheat day? And she was like, that's the day that you don't have to be on a diet. And in my mind, I like, and I was like, well, what do you eat on cheat days? She was like, well, you could have cheeseburgers, pizza, 
um, ice cream, all the stuff that you wouldn't eat during the week, you can have it then. And so for me, that was literally like permission to just go all out. And I know for a lot of people, cheat days maybe aren't like that. Maybe they just have one cheat meal and it's just kind of like, Hey, I just want to go out and have this meal and I'm not really worried about it, whatever. But for me, it was like, dude, we are like this whole day from the minute I'm awake to the minute I go to bed, it's on basically. And I was, I kept hearing that it was like healthy and everybody was doing it and it was a good diet break and everything. But in reality, I was eating so many calories in that one 24 hour time stand, which sometimes it would go bleed over until the next day. So it was like two days of just eating and eating. And, um, I was eating so many calories that I was just gaining weight regardless of going five or six days a week dieting. Um, and I was so confused and I was just like, what is going on? I'm supposed to be getting thinner. Like, why isn't it working like it was before? You know, all this kind of stuff. And, um, so I ended up gaining a ton of weight through that. Plus, I mean, my lifestyle, I don't want to blame it just on cheat days. There were other things in my lifestyle that were off, like just partying and not living a very healthy, like God honoring life at all. Um, and then after that, sorry, this is like the longest (laughs) intro ever. Um, (laughs) then after that, um, I started just saying, you know what, I'm not going to diet anymore. I'm not going to do this cheat day thing anymore. I just want to be normal. Like here I am, I've gained 65 pounds and I I didn't hate myself. I I had a lot of things going on in my life. I was in college. I was dating my fiance now husband and like we were just busy all the time and he loved me for what I looked like. And, um, it wasn't really that big of a deal, but I just didn't feel good. You know, like I was just really, I couldn't walk very far. I was just, I was just like, boring. You know, I would just sit around and watch TV. I just wasn't healthy in any way. And so I said no more dieting. And I literally just started eating normal food at that, at that time for me, what I considered normal. And I ate the quote unquote healthier versions of food. So instead of eating, you know, like white bread, which I thought was like the devil, I would eat uh, wheat bread, you know, or instead of something fried, I would do it baked or instead of you know, those type of like little easy switch out type things. And over the course of the next year, I effortlessly lost all of that weight. Um, And it wasn't a big deal at all. And um, I felt really good. Everything was awesome. And um, I started getting into like running and um, all that kind of thing. And then I started to go the other way where I started to get really, really super healthy. And um, I got really into like um, running and weightlifting. And like that all started when I got on Instagram, honestly, because I would go to like the, um, the homepage where there's just pictures of everybody. And it was all these girls in bikinis doing bikini competitions. And that to me was just so cool. Like it wasn't so much from a physical perspective. It was just more of like, like I would follow some of their journeys and they're like, Oh, today, I've got it scheduled out. I really like my routine, blah, blah, blah. And I'm a routine person. So that really spoke to me. And I was just like, hey, I'm going to give this a try. Um, So I kind of went down that road of counting macros. And because that's what everyone was saying that they were doing. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give this a shot. And, um, you know, within that, I went down that road and got all caught up in that stuff. And then finally was just like, dude, like, I'm not counting macros. I'm not doing low carb. I'm not doing all these fad things out there. And, um, 
Yeah. So throughout that, which actually leads me up to where I am today, um, when I got really, really into the fitness and the dieting and all that, I, I lost my period, which was a huge thing for me. And I never knew that losing your period was a bad thing. I actually thought it was really cool because I didn't have any cramps. I didn't have to deal with it that time of the month. And I was like, cool, you know, this is awesome. So then I started doing more research and talking to doctors and um, just started getting educated on it and found out that it's actually a really, really bad thing not to have your period. And so I basically just set off on this journey to fix that, um, which I did and uh, just really started cleaning up my mind and my heart and just like me in general and what I wanted out of life and not so focused on the things of like what the world is offering me um, as far as dieting, exercise and how you can do this to change your body, but more about just like, what is God saying to me about this and about my relationship with my body and how I'm idolizing myself or I'm idolizing some other girl, you know, and um, he just was totally took the back seat in my life. And so through that, it was kind of the spiritual, um, transformation. I mean, I was Christian through all that, obviously, but it was the spiritual transformation of just like really just kind of chilling out and taking time to pray, spend time in the word, really look at what foods make me feel the best. What makes me, what gives me energy? What makes me feel alive? What what do I enjoy eating? And um, so it's been a journey, you know, for the last, I mean, all that started back when I was like 16 with the whole first diet thing, but um, it's been a long time. So yeah, I just, I basically work with girls who have been there, done that, you know, they need a way out there. They don't know what to do when it comes to their period or with calorie restriction or binging or purging or this or that. And everyone's got their, their demons, you know? And, um, so I kind of work with everybody, especially with people who have menstrual cycle issues and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that is about it. <laughs> so. And it's such a beautiful story because you've been through so many different parts of the spectrum of health and weight and dieting, fitness. I can relate to a lot of your stories. Some of the things I love to hear about because I haven't experienced that. And I know that it's probably the same for a few of my followers. And I want to rewind and go all the way back to high school because this isn't really you know exactly what we want to be focusing on today. But I, I do want to pick your brain on high school and how for a lot of us that starts all of the diet mentality because mm -hmm. of this camaraderie that we form around it and when you said that it was for you and you discovered dieting with your friends the Atkins I'm like oh my gosh that sounds so familiar to me because for me and like my friends in high school it was like we want to look like this girl in the magazines or this or this girl at school. We should just like not eat or mm -hmm. try to work out and burn more calories than we eat. And it was so disordered. Do you have any advice? Because I'm sure you, you do appeal to a lot of the younger crowd. Do you have any advice for girls that are in high school and how they can get through those years without falling prey to that kind of talk and mentality? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'll just say things are so different in today's world than they were when I was 16, 17, 18. I mean, I'm, I'm about to be like 29 this year, I think. Um, so I'm a lot older, but like when I was in high school, we didn't have Instagram. There wasn't, you know, Facebook was just kind of starting and only like the really cool people were on it. And there wasn't 
a lot of YouTube accounts. They're like social media just wasn't what it is today. And um, I'm thankful that I grew up in that that time frame because I cannot imagine what it's like for girls to just be constantly bombarded, not just from the magazines or the TV, but now it's Snapchat, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, blah, 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 blah. You know, it goes on and on and on. And my number one tip is to guard your eyes, guard your ears, guard your heart, and really legit like put up boundaries for yourself. Because for women, I think we're especially very vulnerable and very um, tempted to fall into these type of things because we see a girl who maybe she's our same age or um, kind of has the same upbringing of us or something like that. And she's on Instagram or YouTube or something. And she has this perfect body in our mind. And there's just something about that that triggers us and says, I'm not good enough that if I could look like that, then I would finally be happy. And you really have to guard yourself from what you're watching, who you're subscribed to, who you follow, what podcast or what type of, you know, videos or whatever you're listening to. And, you know, really just put up some boundaries, honestly, because, and stick to those boundaries. Don't try to flirt with them or anything like that because it's dangerous and it can happen. And it sometimes, like from my experience, I've seen that it does happen with a lot of girls in the blink of an eye, literally. Like it's just this one thing and it's like, bam, full-blown eating disorder. But the majority of the girls that I work with, I see that it's just a slow progression. It's a slow fade. So, you know, it starts with just something very innocent. And then the next thing you know, three or four months later, they're like in an eating disorder clinic, you know? And um, I just think obviously really guard your mind and not, not just like block everything out and live like a hermit the rest of your life, but fill your mind with the right stuff. Get around some friends who are normal, who encourage you, who can pray for you, who you guys can hang out and just do fun things. You're not always on your phone. You're not always on social media and just get out and like live the life of a teenager. And I think that's, I mean, that's, it's so different. Like I know a lot of teenage girls today personally, and they, their life is nothing like what my life was when I was a teenager. And that's not a bad thing. It's just different. But I feel like teenagers today really are missing out on a lot of fun things because they're constantly, you know, looking at social media. Everything is just Mm -hmm. like technological, you know, like nobody ever just gets out and does anything anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love your advice. And I definitely agree with that one. I think if people, and this really goes for everyone, but we're kind of targeting like the high schoolers right now, younger, if you can learn right now at this point of your life to one, guard your heart and be very, um, decisive about what you want to invite into your life Mm -hmm. that is such an awesome skill to learn later for life because it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily get easier it's not like okay like I don't have to worry now that I'm older about what comes into my life what I look at what I who I hang around with and if anything it gets a little bit harder because then you have all this freedom to be wherever you want to do whatever you want and some people in high school have that now but for me personally going from high school to college Uh, I had to go, I had to pretty much learn 
throughout college, like, okay, this lifestyle is not serving me anymore. I shouldn't be inviting this kind of stuff into my life. So I wish that I had practiced that a little bit more. I think to be completely vulnerable and honest with everyone, I think in high school for me, it was a little bit challenging because a lot of the Christian, you know, spiritual circles were also pretty clicky. And it was hard for me at that time to feel vulnerable, I guess, around those different groups. And I don't know if this is a common struggle that happens in high schools. I know that cliques are a common struggle. But the last thing that I feel should be difficult is to put yourself into those groups because it should be very inviting. So Mm -hmm. that's one of those struggles that I faced a lot is feeling like I wasn't necessarily in that group or I wasn't going to be invited with them. It was tough to get into that social circle. So um, for girls that experience that, do you have any type of advice for them? Yes, definitely. So, um, my number one thing is, and, and I used to be the same way, like I, and not just about like clicky high school or anything, but even in my daily life now, I find myself sometimes complaining or, or just not complaining, but just kind of looking around and be like, man, there's no, like, there's no people like me. There's no couples like my husband and I, there's no, there's nobody around here that I can be friends with or something like that. And one of the biggest things that I've learned is that you have to create the community that you want to have. So if, for example, if you're a high school girl and you're, let's say you are a Christian and maybe there is a a group of Christian girls, but you don't really click with them, or maybe there's no one that you know um, that is a Christian or, or whatever. And you're kind of like, I just wish I had a really good group of friends that I could hang out with and, you know, we could encourage each other and pray for each other, that type of thing. You have like, you have to be the one to create that. And it's so easy. Like you, you create it. Like if you want that, if you want that type of community, then all you have to do is start it. And so, you know, maybe you could put up flyers, maybe you could go and talk to people who, you know, have talked about God or they're open with their faith or, um, even people who aren't, I mean, you can, it's still okay to hang out with non-Christians and hang out with them and befriend them and pray for them and, you know, read the Bible with them. Um, and so that's what I would do. I would just take the initiative. And if you don't want to get in a group that's already made, or there is no group, then you be the leader of that. And basically just, you know, maybe you could start a Bible club at your school. Um, or if you, you know, if, if they don't, if they're not like a religiously open type of school, you could do it after school or before school one day, maybe at like a local um, cafe, you and some people could meet up once a week and do that. Um, and just lead like a little Bible study, you know, start with one book of the Bible, and everybody meets and you just read through it and you talk about it. Simple as that, you know. Um, and so that's the biggest tip for me is just Get, if you want that type of community and it's not there, then create that community. Don't, don't use that as an excuse not to do anything at all because you have no idea how God could use you in the life of other Christians or in the life of unbelievers and even in your own life. The way that God will just completely change you and grow you and um, guide you and lead you. And, and remember, this isn't, um, it's like I just said, He is the one doing it. It's not up to you. You're just basically his tool. And, you know, you just be sensitive to where the spirit leads and you just go with it and have fun, invite everybody, you know, bake some cookies or something and have a little Bible study once a week, you know, and 
make the community that you want is basically what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And again, this is a lesson for all of us to be learning. I'm still practicing it every single day. And I think I've said this on the podcast a few times, but the quote, you don't get what you want, you get what you are. And I learned that at the retreat I went to last year um, under Jake Ducey. And it was just such an incredible like quote to to learn to live by it's just you don't get what you just want you get what you are what how are you showing up like that so for people who are not in high school or who are just kind of zoning out right now this applies to you too like where in mm-hmm. your life like wealth you don't just get money you get what you are so how are you showing up in life as a as, as wealth as abundance mm-hmm. you know not just financial money kind of wealth but like rich in happiness and giving and service to others and so many different places in our life I'm sure we can look at and think I want more of this I want more of that and I know I do that all the time just thinking like sitting down just being like I don't have enough of this I don't travel enough I don't blah 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 and I'm like how am I what am I doing that's holding me back or what am I doing that is putting me in this place? Am I giving it over to God? Am I trying to take on the world by myself? What What is going on here in my life? Mm-hmm. So fast forwarding a little bit now to where you are today and some of the things that you've learned with the whole body dysmorphia, ednos um, experiences you've had. What do you think was one of your struggles when it came to choosing? Do, do you feel like you ever chose your body and food over God and just said like this needs to be my priority and not like intentionally being like this is my priority but like subconsciously you started to choose your you know your weight loss routine and your food and calorie counting and all that over service to God oh yeah for sure I mean um you know and I would say it's it's like I was saying earlier it's definitely in my opinion I think it's more common to be the slow fade type of thing so you kind of start off and you think to yourself, okay, you know, like I've got my routine. I go to church. I read my Bible. I, you know, I have a good prayer life. Like everything's going great. Um, And then you kind of start seeing pictures or reading magazines or hearing something or talking to your friend or whatever. And it kind of starts getting in your head like, okay, diet, carbohydrates, calories, calorie, burning your calories, exercising more, your body, body fat. And it, those things start slow, like circulating in your head. And, um, at first it's very innocent. It's, it's nothing wrong with it. And honestly, like it's a very fine line between choosing to eat healthy food for health's sake versus choosing to eat healthy food out of like an obsession with health's sake. Mm. And, um, I think that once you get to that point, then it's very difficult like you have to literally train your mind and say, I'm eating this food because it's healthy for me. Um, and yeah, it might change my body. Yeah, it might do that, but that's not my number one focus. Like I want to just eat this to feel good and to just be the best version of myself. And I think that really is the crux question of asking yourself, well, the best version of yourself for what? And if, however you answer that question is going to tell you exactly where your heart is. So, for example, I could say I want to eat really healthy food and I want to like eat the food that gives me energy, that gives me vibrancy, that helps me to, you know, just be my best me every day so that and then you fill in the blank. And so the best answer would be so that I can glorify God in every single aspect of my life, in my marriage, in my 
finances, in my job, with my friends, my relationships, with strangers, with within my local church, um, with missions and re- outreach around the world. Like I'm doing this for those type of things. Um, I think it gets really dangerous and it can kind of turn into this, you know, you're looking in the mirror idolization type of thing when you say, I eat healthy foods so that I can feel good, blah, 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 blah. Fill in the blank is just so I can look good. And at that point, that's when I feel like it's, I mean, it's all about you. Everything that you do is about you. The 4 a.m., you know, gym calls is just about you and the way that you look. The, you know, weighing out your celery and your cucumber on your food scale, you know, that's, it's kind of like, is that really for glorifying God or is that more for manipulating being able to see your two lower abs? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that it, it is a struggle, you know, like for everyone, especially as you get into the dieting and fitness scene, because you are like you're your walking representation of yourself and everybody wants to look good and be attractive. And I don't think that's so much of the problem. It's just when it's taken to the extreme and really what is that motivation behind that? Why are, why are you doing it? What is, you know, like kind of like what, what's the, what is there to be obsessed about, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the funny, the really, really funny thing is, is that this is, I, I think this is on topic. It's maybe a little bit off. I don't know. But, um, when you do these diets and these exercises and all that stuff, especially if you're already pretty much in pretty good shape, you know, you're kind of fit, maybe whatever, like you, you're, you look pretty good. Um, you to completely change your body. Um, you're going to have to go through some extreme measures to do that. And to be really honest with you, your, your body really isn't going to change that much. And Mm -hmm. that's the, that's the funny thing. Yeah. Like you might lose like a few pounds or you might lose a few percentage of body fat or something. But when you put like two girls side by side and one of them is like the before picture. And this was when she was completely dieted down. Like she's extremely depleted and she's been on this cutting thing or whatever. She she looks a little bit different from her after when she's just starting to eat normal food again. But there's really not that much of a physical like visuals change. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the change that you have to go through from a diet perspective and a fitness perspective and not, not about, not even just those, but more so a mental perspective is not worth it. Like it's not worth losing a few little like percentages of body fat because in reality, I mean, you know, this just as well as I do, if you're training for like a bikini competition, your stage body is not sustainable at all. You know? At all. Yeah. It's especially, it's not sustainable year round. It's not sustainable really even for a few days. That's that one moment, like that few hours of that day when you're on stage is the leanest that you're going to be. And when you get to that point, you start thinking, you have that image in your mind and you just keep thinking to yourself, you know, I got to get back to that. I want to be back to that. I want to be back to that. And nothing else is ever good enough because you've raised the bar too high. And so I kind of say all of that just to circle back around and say, if you're not careful, 
you can see how it is a very slow fade. It just starts with one little thing and it goes and goes and goes and goes until you get to that one point where you're just like, if I don't have this body or, you know, even better than what I currently have, even at your very leanest, then I'm not good enough. And that's not true. God does not look at you based off of what you look like. He doesn't judge you off of the way that you look. You know, he wants you to be healthy and free and vibrant and, you know, do the things that you know. Everyone knows what healthy food is. Everyone knows that it's good to go out and go for a 30-minute walk every day. You know, we all know that, but we also seem to think that that's not enough and that more is always better. So if a 30-minute walk is good, then a three-hour workout session is better. And if eating sensibly is good and eating, you know, healthy food is good, then eating extremely restricted and extremely controlled is even better. And that's just not the truth at all. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that, um, it's very easy to, to lose who you are in that. And God definitely can very, very easily get the backseat and, mm-hmm. um, not, and not just like from the way that you are, living your life and stuff like the thing, like you're doing the exercise and this and this and the way that you're thinking, but even more so just like your connection with him. And, you know, a lot of people will trade out their time in the word with going to work out or they'll skip church to go to the gym or they'll do this or this, or or they won't go to this type of thing because they're not going to be able to bring their Tupperware of grilled chicken or something, you know? Um, so those are the type of things you kind of have to be on the lookout for and just realize that we're only here in on earth. Like this is just one life. I mean, we will live again if we're in Christ and everything, but at the same time, don't spend this life hating yourself and just being obsessed with your body. It, there's so much more out there and there's so many more things that God has planned for you that you're probably not being able to do right now because you're too obsessed with yourself. And if you would just put yourself on the back burner and let him lead the way and just say, all right, God, like I surrender it's over. Like I'm going to eat my healthy food. I'm going to do my, my nice exercise and just be good to my body and trust you. Show me what you want me to do with my life. And how can my body just be a healthy, useful tool for you and not a selfish um, you know, obsession for me. You know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. So many good points. And I love that you talked about like idols because for me, that's my biggest struggle. And in, in the Bible, and one of the things that stuck out to me the most when I was starting my recovery journey, getting out of the mindset of this perfect fitness model, when I was getting out of that, I remember thinking about the scripture that talks about not having two idols and how I kept trying to have two idols. And I remember I would basically, I wouldn't, you know, it's not like the stereotypical worshiping your body thing, but like that's what my actions were doing. That's where my heart was. I was putting my body on a pedestal. And why? Because I wanted to feel like I was in control of everything. I wanted to feel like I was special for something. I wanted to be known. I wanted to make my mark on this earth. And that's not why I'm here. And that was so hard for me to put away that dream, that goal, that vision I had for myself and surrender to whatever God's plans are for me. And that is why I created this course. One of the reasons is because there's this huge gap 
in the body love, body positivity, eating disorder, healing, recovery realm with Christianity. Like we can talk about giving up control until we're blue in the face, but it's really hard to put into practice when you have no idea where that control goes. Like, does it just like float up into space? Like we spend our entire life being taught to be in control, you know, have this in line, have this in order, have all your ducks in a row, like all the way down to the calories and the minutes you spend on the treadmill, like all those things we have in control. We know what they are. We have to know what they are. We put them in our planner, all this stuff. Also that we are in control of the way people see us, the way we live on this planet, what we're known for. And so giving up that and adopting a life of um, self-love, body positivity, it's it was really hard for me to do that without Christ. I'm just going to say it because I tried to do it. I remember mm-hmm. when I was first starting after my second show, I was like, I need to change things. I got a dog. I moved to a different state. I got a new job. I tried all these different things. And for the most part, they helped a lot. I did need to move, uh, move locations. I did need to, I mean, I didn't need to, but it was very beneficial for me to get a dog and for me to slow down and to get off social media. All those things helped tremendously. But what I really needed was a change in my heart. And that was the main prayer I had to pray for months of like God just give me a change in my heart because right now my heart just wants to be perfect I want to look really thin I want to eat perfectly I don't want to eat the good delicious food that my friends want to take me out to go eat I don't want to do all that I want to want to look perfect so change my heart like that's all I have to say change my heart because I cannot keep wanting these things make my heart want nothing but you make my heart just crave you and you be my bread of life. And at the same time, help me to stop fearing bread so much. Like help me <laughs> to, to feast on you and to stop feasting on these low calorie, stale substitutes of life that I'm trying to feast on because they're not working. And in that prayer, praying it over and over, I finally learned how, or I finally experienced giving up control a little bit and then a little bit and a little bit. And my body became my idol less and less and less. And now I'm at the point where I do not have another idol before God. Sometimes I will say I do struggle with that because I can become obsessed with my business or even this podcast or obsessed with, or not obsessed, but maybe really focused on money. And I have all of those other things that start to take the number one spot in my life and I have to come back and I have to say that same prayer and I have to remember, I am not on this earth to look perfect. Just like you were saying, like we're only on this earth for a brief amount of time. And I realize that now and I'm like, wow, this life is so fleeting and it's so cool that God gave us bodies to get around in, to breathe, to touch things, to experience love with. We have these bodies for a short amount of time. And are we really going to let something like this phenomenon of Instagram pop up and ruin all of that? Like, really? That is not how it is supposed to be. It's not okay. And so we need to fight against that. We need to have our tools, all the different tools in the toolbox so that we can fight against all of these different mechanisms that are coming out of ways to cope with life stresses. Do this, do that, look like this. They're distractions and that's all they are. Right, yeah. And I love... um, Actually, I remember this from the course, um, the whole bread uh, or, you know, Christ is the bread of life. And I remember the analogy that you used. It was, um, you know, bread versus rice cakes. Mm -hmm. And when I thought about that, it was like, oh, my gosh, that is an awesome analogy. Because when you think of rice cakes, just plain, 
you're kind of like, meh, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. I mean, I could eat them if I had to, but they're not the greatest tasting thing. But if I were to add a bunch of stuff on it, maybe a bunch of peanut butter or some jelly or, you know, some sauce or something like that, I could really transform those things. And so, but then when you have bread, bread is just like amazing. I mean, you can eat it plain. It You can add stuff if you want to, but it doesn't eat anything. You know, if you get a really good fresh loaf of bread, like especially like the sourdough bread that you get at like the little farmer's market where the Amish ladies are cooking at homemade. I mean, though that bread is crazy. And so when you like put those side by side, the rice cakes, it's boring by itself, but you have to add stuff to it. And it's all you, like you're doing that. You're adding it all. You're trying to get more flavor. You're trying to get more of um, a taste out of that. And it's the same thing in our life. We can use these bread, quote unquote, substitutes, um, you know, or Christ substitutes, if you will, to fill fill us up. And we have to add a little bit of this and add a little bit of that and take from this person, take from that to make it satiating and to make it satisfying and to make it tasty. And it's, it is tasty, but at the end of the day, it's not going to stick with you very long. You know, and you're just going to be like, I need another rice cake and I got to load it up with more stuff, you know. But with the bread, it's like if you would just leave the rice cakes alone, like forget the rice cakes and just go eat some bread. And I'm talking like metaphorically and like legit, just go eat some bread. You would feel so much better. And if you would leave all of that stuff alone from the world's perspective and just go straight to the real bread of life, that's the answer, because you're going to be satisfied, you're going to be full, you're going to be just like it's it's going to overwhelm you, honestly, just like eating that awesome homemade sourdough bread. And you're going to ask yourself, why in the world did I ever waste my time on cheap rice cakes? Why did I ever like take and put like all these people's stuff on top of it to make myself feel better? I mean, yeah, it only it it did provide a temporary type of pleasure but it was so fleeting. But this bread, like I'm never going back to the rice cakes. This is it. And it's the same thing with Christ. It's the same thing in how we view him and our relationship with him um, versus our relationship with ourself or our body or other people or what the world's telling us to do. Um, so I, I just loved that analogy. I was like, that is so cool. Cause it's, it's so true. And it works perfect. Like with the whole health and fitness thing too. And you explained it so well right then. So thank you. I'm glad that you liked that because that was probably one of my favorite analogies that I used. I tried to use a lot of analogies in the course of like that would relate to people, what we do today to get our bodies down to this certain size and Mm -hmm. what we do to our food to try to manipulate it, to make it taste good, even though we're miserable eating it. And that rice cake one, I was just thinking like so much of my my life I spent chasing after these substitutes of these judges, this panel of judges to tell me I'm enough or this tan or this certain diet or this diet coach and thinking all of these things are just going to help me feel fulfilled. And none of them did. None of them left me with that satiating long-term delicious feeling of being enough until Mm -hmm. I finally had the bread, like the delicious, oh, warm bread like finally getting that just made me feel so at ease so much peace um and it just it changed the course of my life and I was I was raised Christian so I experienced a lot of 
that type of love and those messages as a kid, but it really took this huge trial in my life of getting off course and then following all of these worldly pursuits to realize that it is not worth it. Like it is not worth it. None of those things out there, none of the things on this earth can even compare to what Christ has done for all of us and what's Mm -hmm. waiting in our future, what's waiting in the afterlife. There's so many riches. So Mm-hmm. I'm, besides that one thing what's something else that you did like about the course because I will say your talk was amazing I absolutely loved your talk and thank you again for coming on and giving that talk and I'm super glad to be using it again this year for this round of of uh, of groups of the group so I'm super stoked about that because it was so beautiful and a lot of the things that we touched in this podcast interview will be also covered more in depth in that in that Bible study call, but what something else that you think you liked about that course? Um, you know, I would say number one, just from like a setup perspective, I loved that it was a daily thing. Like that was so cool. And it, it was, it was kind of like every day you wake up and you have this inbox message and it's like, Oh, okay. It kind of felt like a little devotional, but it wasn't a, it was different than your typical devotional books where it's just about, you know, like, being better or not lying and cheating, you know, this actually was kind of, it dealt with the whole idea of disordered eating and exercise and all that kind of stuff, which if you have those problems and you, you know, you are a Christian or you're, you're at least believe in God or you're, you know, playing with that type of mentality and stuff, this course is 100% for you because it relates so perfectly. And the way that Maddie sets it up and just like intertwines everything. It's just like, wow, you know, um, I didn't ever think about it like that because sometimes when you read the Bible, you just kind of see it for black and white. And it's, if you're not, um, you know, intentional about connecting the dots and drawing practical type of, um, like lessons for your own life and where you're at today, then you can kind of miss those big picture ideas that, God is trying to show you through reading his word. And so that was the first thing that I love was that it was this daily thing and it was so on topic. It just kept connecting everything, like connecting the Bible and what God says versus, you know, what you're dealing with from eating and exercise and all that. Um, but I will say one of my favorite days was, um, when you talked about the different ways to praise Jesus and, um, you, you connected it back to like, like you said, I think that your two things were walking and while you walked, you listen to sermons or podcasts or something like that. And, uh, I just thought that was cool. Cause I, I do the exact same thing. And I think so many people forget and they think that the only way to, you know, be a Christian quote unquote or whatever is they have to go to church and they have to be a Sunday school teacher. They have to be in a class or they have to read their Bible. And if they don't do those things and they're not really worshiping Jesus or whatever, but you know, there's so many other ways out there to praise Jesus, to bring glory to his name, to worship him, you know, through song or dance or um, even just like painting, like you're like being artsy or whatever, or just going and doing community service and just doing it in the name of Christ. But I love the fact that you connected it back with walking and sermons because um, I actually talked about this on maybe I didn't do it on my YouTube. Maybe I think this is in my new upcoming book actually. But talking about doing exercise that you actually love to do versus exercise that you hate to do and exercise that you like loathe doing and you just can't 
you know, it, you're constantly looking at the clock, constantly doing all that kind of stuff. And so my rule of thumb when it comes to exercise is do the thing that causes you to produce the least amount of conscious effort while still giving you good positive results. And basically what that means is do something that you enjoy doing, but you're not consciously obsessed with how it's working, but you're also getting results from. And so when you were talking about the walking and listening to sermons, it was like, well, there you go. I mean, (laughs) you can go for a walk and turn on your, you know, turn on YouTube, turn on a sermon from a local church or whatever, listen to it. And you're, you're really like killing three birds in one stone, basically by you're getting your walk in, you're praising Jesus, you're worshiping, um, and you're just, you're taking care of yourself, you know, like you feel good, it's outside. And um, I don't know, I just thought that was really cool because that too also connected back to the exercise thing and, and all of that. And so um, that's where I really honestly would challenge a lot of people. If you're addicted to exercise or, you know, you're also having this hard struggle with um, trying to make time in your day for spending time with, with the Lord or whatever, you can mix those. Like it's not that big of a deal and you don't have to, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just grab your phone, plug in your headphones and go for a walk and just listen. Or, you know, you can just walk and pray at the same time and you're getting good, healthy exercise in, which is really all that you really need, just some walking. And at the same time, you're getting to praise God. So that, that was awesome to me. I really loved that um, specific day. Oh, that's awesome. Well, first off, thank you. Thank you for saying all those things. I'm really glad that you did enjoy it and that you think it would be helpful for the people that, you know, are just open to this idea or interested in learning it. Um, so that means a lot to me coming from you. So thank you. And and also, I definitely do think that is such an important uh, thing for people to understand is that you don't have to do what a lot of people will tell you to do in order to be a follower of Christ or to worship. Because that, that really is an important thing, I think, for a lot of people that holds them back from mm-hmm. being a part of this community is because like, well, I have to do this and this and this because all of these stigmas or beliefs or stereotypes that have been passed on from generation to generation. And I hear it even often now where I'll have, you know, family members or someone will say like, oh, Colorado, it's such a beautiful place, but it also can be really distracting because a lot of people, instead of going to church, they'll go hiking or biking or something instead of going to worship God. And I'm like, well, maybe for a lot of people, that is their form of worshiping God. Like, it totally could be. We don't know. Only God knows. Only mm-hmm. God knows what's going on in the heart. But it's not our job to ever judge anyone or make them follow this strict set of guidelines because that is not faith. Maybe that is a little bit of religion, you know, for this organized way you have to do things, but faith is so much deeper than that. It's so mm-hmm. much more real. It's not about what you do to get these check marks off of these boxes on, you know, your your faith to do's. It's more than that. And the way that we express our worship and that way you feel most connected to God could be in completely different ways for different people. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. And well and I was just gonna piggyback off of that point you just made and you know, if anyone is listening to this and they are just like, you know, maybe you grew up in church and you just completely have turned your back on it, you're like, forget that, my parents were crazy, or I had this horrible, you know, situation with my pastor, or every Christian I know is a hypocrite, or, you know, all those type of things. Um, like, that's totally, that totally could be the case. 
Um, but at the same time, if you do feel that deep longing and that urge in your heart for God, um, I would just 100% encourage you forget. It's like Maddie was saying, like totally forget about the, um, like, it's not about rules, you know? And I think that's what so many people think. They're like, Oh, I'm going to have to give up this and this and this. And it's not that you're giving those up and it's like a bad thing. It's more of that God is freeing you. He is setting you free from the things that he knows aren't beneficial from you at all. And once you realize that and you realize that it's not about rules, it's not about legalism, it's about grace, then you will start to see life in literally like rose-colored glasses. And so if that's you, I just really encourage you to work on, you know, reading your Bible, just picking up the Bible and starting like in the book of John, that's where I would start or start in the book of Matthew. Um, I would not start like in Lamentations <laughs> or like Deuteronomy because you'll like quit before you get too far. Um, but start there, start in Matthew or John. Those are both in the New Testament. Read through those and just focus on Jesus. Okay. Focus on the person of Jesus and ask God, like literally just pray to God, even if you've never prayed in your whole life and just say, God, if you're real, if you're out there, show yourself to me. Like, just show yourself to me in one way or another and continue reading your Bible and God will do that. You know, his word tells us if you, if you, uh, knock, the door is going to be open. If you seek, you will find, and he's there waiting on you and he's there help, like wanting to help you with whatever eating disorder you have or the exercise or anything in your life. You know I mean? I know that's what we're talking about here today, but like, if you're just curious, just pray that prayer, read your Bible and focus on Jesus. Don't get caught up in the rules. And you know, well, this person said I have to do this, this, and this. It's not about that. Like it's literally a relationship with Christ. That's all it is at the end of the day. That was so beautiful. That was so beautiful. I got goosebumps. Thank you for that. I think that's a wonderful place to end this podcast. Um, real quickly, I do want to have a few questions for the quick fire round. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, so number one, share an embarrassing moment from your past. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me think about this. Embarrassing moment from my past. Oh gosh, I can't think of anything right now. Um, it's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, I know I've embarrassed, I've been embarrassed like so much, but I'm trying to think of, I feel like something happened the other day that was really embarrassing. Oh gosh, I don't know. We can come back to it. Or yeah, well, let's it. come back to that one. I'll think about that. What are two things you can't live without? Oh gosh, uh, like material items. I guess. Yes. Yeah, and it can't be. Yeah, it can't be like family members or your dog. Oh man. <laughs> um, let's see. I cannot live without. Um, let's see here. Oh. Probably at this point right now, my Vitamix. I just love that thing. Mm. Oh my gosh. We went on a road trip this weekend and I didn't bring it and it was the worst decision ever. Oh, I saw your post. You had like mango chunks and banana with <laughs> like spinach or something. Yeah, yeah. It was like a uh, fruit. It, it's what you would put in a smoothie, but it was not in smoothie form. So it was just all this random stuff just <laughs> thrown on top of each other. Um, I would say, yeah, for sure. The Vitamix and then also... Um, probably, um, 
my rebounder would probably be another one. Uh, my little mini trampoline. Oh, I what do you do on thing. that? You just uh, you just jump up and down on it. It's supposed to be really good for like your lymphatic system and your joints and everything like that. So um, yeah, you should Google it. Google rebounding. It's do you it's like fun. listen to music or a podcast or watch TV or what do you do while you do that? Uh, yeah, I'll turn on like YouTube or I'll turn on um, like Netflix or something and just jump up and down or, you know, if I've like just come in from walking or working out or something, I kind of just want to like cool off or something, then I'll jump around on that. So cool. Super. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Who is your favorite artist or band at the moment? Oh, good question. Um, I don't know. This is crazy. Cause I don't have we don't have a car, so I don't have a radio, so I never listen to music. Um, but if I had to say, I really love Hillsong. They're one of my all-time favorites, for sure. Um, Hillsong is probably, I would have to go with them, because they're always just so awesome, and they just kind of like get you motivated and stuff. Yeah, nice. What is a book that we should all get? Oh, let's see. I'm going to look in here at my books right here. Okay. Um, I, I think I mentioned this on the last one. Uh, Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers is really, really good. Um, that one's probably one of my all-time favorites. But, oh, here's one. Okay, this, this book right here is legit my go-to book for life. I will never get rid of this book. It's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, um, and it's by a guy named Donald S. Whitney. And if you are into, like, you know, if you're at that point in your life where you're just like, I need some direction, like, I'm just, I'm like in this rut with my with my faith, and I, you know, I do, all I do is just go to church, and that's just basically it, and you kind of want to challenge. This book, it's really not that long, but he talks about the importance of, you know, from a discipline perspective, about things like journaling or uh, memorizing scripture or doing evangelism or fasting and, um, you know, having times of silence and solitude, all for the, the sake of spiritual discipline, not for health reasons, not for, um, you know, meditation, like to clear your mind. That's not what this is about. It's about so that you can be like Christ, basically. So that book is a must get for everyone. It's oh, amazing. Sounds really good. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's good. Okay, two more questions. Where is your next travel destination? Oh, good question. Um, I think, hopefully, in the next few weeks, uh, we are going to go uh, to the Caribbean, hopefully. Ooh. Um, yeah, we, our thing is cruising. Like, we, we love to go on cruises, so we save up our money, and we go on a cruise once a year, and um, this will be for our eight-year wedding anniversary. So mm. I think that's where we're going to go. How yeah. fun. That sounds yeah. so fun. Yeah, we're excited. Last question. What are you up to these days? What projects are you up to? Um, I am currently, I think I told you this last time. I don't, I don't know. I am currently working on my third book, um, which is the Keep Your Period Handbook. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, I did a book um, last year called the get your period handbook. So that talks about how to get your period, 
um, based off of disordered eating and exercise and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I also did a book earlier this year called 30 days to loving yourself. Um, and so this, this one is going to be kind of like the sequel to the, um, get your period handbook. So this talks about keeping your period. Like what are you supposed to eat to keep your period? What are you supposed to, what kind of exercise are you supposed to do? What are you, you know, what needs to change in your life to be sure that you keep your period? It's not just this one time thing. And you're like, Oh, I got my period back. No, like you want to keep it and keep it regular for the rest of your life and not fall back into old ways and that type of thing. So, um, I'm working on that. And then I'm working on a book about, um, Christianity and veganism and can you be Christian and be a vegan and can you be vegan and be a Christian and what does the Bible say about that? And then, um, that's, I mean, I've got a bunch of other books. Like I'm going to do a book on, um, like 30 days to loving God and then 30 days to loving others. So I've got a lot of stuff in the works. It just, man, when you write a book, I mean, I'm sure you can identify with this. It, it takes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like you just sit down and you just write and you're done. I mean, it's, it is a process. So, um, yeah, I'm just working on that kind of stuff. Just still doing my YouTube and all that kind of jazz, but yeah, that's about it. That is so great. I'm so excited to read all of those books. You inspire me to go write another book. Yeah, you should. You're always writing. And I'm like, I want to, because it's so, it really is. I mean, it's not easy, but it is simple. You just start writing and, Mm -hmm. and then it just becomes a book somehow. And then people buy it and read it. And it's just like so cool. So yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast. This is probably, I say this a lot, but this is really one of my favorite episodes. Oh, this is great. Thanks. I feel like we covered a lot of topics that I have never covered on the show. So I'm really excited to let everyone listen in. And I'm just really grateful that you came on. So thank you. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. I Anytime, like even if you're just like, oh, my gosh, somebody canceled last minute, call me and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll talk about more rice cakes and <laughs> and Bible verses or something. Oh, I so, do, I so I so will. I so will. Because the last episode I did with you was very, very popular. Like I got more comments and emails on that one than I had in a while. So I'm excited for this one. And I picked you because I think we are so alike in a lot of our different beliefs, but also with our faith. And Mm -hmm. I'm just becoming very obsessed with all of your work and everything you say. So I will have you on again. I know it. Let's do it. I'm excited. All right, everybody. Head on over to maddiemoon.com slash mbm94 where you can find the show notes and all the links we mentioned in this episode, as well as different places you can connect with Audra. And I look forward to seeing some of y'all in the scripture food and healing course. If you have any questions at all about it, or if you want to get some more information, you can go to scripturefoodandhealing.com. And that link will also be on the show notes for this, or you can email me hello at maddiemoon.com and I will help answer any questions that you have. And that's a wrap for today. I look forward to our podcast next week. Bye guys. (music) 